You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. There's none of that vibe. It's very much kind of exploratory. And um, another thing, too, I mean, there's a couple of the bigger questions that I'm sure you notice, um, you know, like, what is art and why is there something, you know, rather than nothing? You know, have fun, you know kick it around i mean there's some philosophical questions uh in there but i just kind of get a like to get an opinion of like you know um take the something rather than nothing i mean for me i've asked that of artists and you can look at it as far as your creative process right so like when you're making something like it's it's really deep into like what's going on are you building on things you know so Right. You can approach the question however you want, and um, part of the thing I'm trying to do with this is to have it be kind of popular philosophy um, okay. and, 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 and for artists. The idea, I think, um, as a philosopher for me, I mean, this isn't like a technical, philosophical language type of thing. It's about like how people think about things that they do, in particular artists and how you think about what you're doing and things that kind of – I don't know, just that go on in, in your in your mind. And I found that listeners are are interested in, in, in what you're doing. Okay. This is something rather than nothing. And we hear Veronica Casson, um a, an artist, uh illustrator, um, does some just wonderful uh material uh and a and a wonderful artist. Oh. And um Veronica, we just wanted to welcome you to something rather than nothing. Thank you, Ken. I'm excited to be here. Great. Hey, uh, one of the questions we launch right off uh, a lot of times, which can be a, a bit fun, is to 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 learn about um, artists and kind of how they looked at the world, uh, you know, when when they were younger. Uh, what 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 were you like as as a young as a young human? Um, I I was painfully shy when I was really young, and. But I had parents who were really outgoing. So there was always people at our house. There was always parties or we were always getting dragged around to events. And I would find myself just sort of like hiding in a corner um, with like paper and crayons or books or toys and like making up little stories and just kind of trying to isolate myself in this chaos because um, I didn't like to be on display. And my parents were very much display people. Uh, or I'd follow my sisters around and try to get involved in what they were doing, but they were pretty much older than me, so they didn't want the little kid around. <laughs> so, sure, I feel like I was in um, a lot of social settings, but I was also sort of alone, being the only kid and not really wanting to engage. Um, but I found my outlet, I think, in stories and comics and books and all that stuff, movies, all that's always really appealed to me. And I think part of that was um, just the isolation and the shyness kind of living in my imagination, I guess. Yeah. And so, uh, in, 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 you mentioned, you know, comics, I mean, I, I think in the guests that I've had on, uh, on the podcast, uh, one of the themes that's come up a lot of the times is, you know, kind of in, in that type of situation, kind of going into a different world, a wonderful kind of fantasy world or, you know, uh, creating that type of thing. Were you mostly consuming, you know, comics or, or, you know, kind of popular art and movies at that time? Or were you also at the same time starting to draw and illustrate and become an artist? 
I think I mostly was drawing and so I didn't get into comics actually until probably like seventh or eighth grade. When I was younger, I loved movies and I really fell in love with um, concept art books like the you know, the sketchbook of Return of the Jedi or whatever that stuff was. Yeah. And I would look at these like worlds that these people would build and you'd only see a little bit of them on the on the screen. Uh, but I would then take my own paper and like add to it. And I love like building these fantasy worlds in my head and just like creating these on paper. So it was mostly drawing and then with like notes and terrible handwriting scribbled all over them. Um, I bet if I saw some of that today, it wouldn't be decipherable, but I remember spending a lot of time just like world building. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, uh, we've had a couple guests, um, in the, in the, in the comics world, uh, Sean Wynn and Ethan, uh, Slayton. And, um, uh, one yeah. of the, one of the, and I, I I love comic books. I love graphic novels. Um, you know, my my dad got me into when he, when you know I was just just a young boy, and it really stuck with me over time. So I've always appreciated uh, that art form, and I know it's it's an important one for you as well. What 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 comics, uh, graphic novels, and, and stories have been influential on on the on the art that you do and you create? Yeah. Um... I think it, it's changed over time. Like, I'll find myself getting absorbed. Like, when I first got into comics, I think I got in, oh, in the late 80s. And it was very much like Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee were doing, you know, the big Marvel books at the time. Sure, and sure. I, yeah. yeah, and I got really into that stuff I thought was so cool and neat. Um, and then that was everywhere. And then I got really into anime and manga. And I was like, this whole other world is different. And explain that. And then... I shifted back because I learned about American like indie comics. I got really into like Stray Bullets or Strangers in Paradise, like all this. And I feel like every time I absorb this genre, there's like pieces of it that stay with me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I just I kind of keep going on that and then keep trying to I don't know, look at for new creators. Um I'm sorry. I think I spiraled away from the question. <laughs> no, no. Just as one as the the one that you know the comics you know in the series that you know had an influence on you. I mean, I saw it in kind of some of the things you've you've listed in your publications. I really like the personal aspect to it. I think sometimes artists kind of shy away from that, but I like seeing what the playlist is. You know, I saw that in some of oh, uh, yeah, yeah. some of your writing, but also you know the comics that were important to you and that that you're reading at that time. And I think it's really useful to kind of um, to, to, to capture that. I, um, you mentioned, uh, manga and it's, it's something that I haven't, I hadn't really gotten into, but, um, with no surprise to me, I, I got into the series. I am a hero, which was the Japanese zombie, uh, oh, series. Yeah, yeah. And that pulled me into such a degree. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm being pulled into this world, uh, uh, big time. Um, has manga, I mean, starting way back, has that been kind of uh, influential and that's been around you uh, over I, time? Yeah, that's, it's been a huge influence. I think I just like the um, the whole telling stories with pictures. Like, I like the narrative art. But I felt like after I got a little older, like, American comics are awesome and there's a lot of great stuff. But there were, it felt very one note after a while. It was all very superheroes, you know, in the early 90s. Sure. Um, and then you could get into manga and it was like, it had everything it had robots but it had romances it had a cooking manga or all, like you said the zombies it had very like you know if you if you like something you could find a manga about it um and i think i really like was drawn like you could tell all these other types of stories um there was this comic called ranma one half which is really famous 
And I think that was the one that really cemented me Um, because it was like slice of life, but it was funny. And the art was like just fantastic. She's one of my biggest influences still, the creator. Um, And she did a lot of groundbreaking work. Uh, So I think that just opened up that how much more you could do with comics. And I think once I got into that, I came back to like U.S. stuff and saw the indie stuff like optic nerve or stuff that was very personal. And as you were saying, that like influences me a lot today this stuff that's like very slice of life or feels very real but until then I hadn't seen any of that stuff I just saw superheroes which was good but it kind of it limits after a while yeah I I, I'm glad you mentioned optic nerve I I I think I've I think I've really connected to uh those super personal stories and you know there's that element too of that super uncomfortable type of thing where it's like a window yeah it's a window into like here's this most awkward experience I've ever had. Now I'm going to draw it beautifully for you and you're going to watch me go through this experience, <laughs> which I've always found the, the, you know, Daniel Klaus and Adrian yeah. Tomine and, uh, uh, artists like that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I connect to those, um, to those as well. And of course your ongoing series, um, uh, that, that that I've talked to you a little bit about, and mm-hmm. uh, that I had the opportunity to be introduced to and to buy from you um, at the the indie um, Comic Con in uh, in Portland during the summer was yeah. uh, Grind Like a Girl, yeah. and it had to do with you growing up uh, trans in the '90s, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously very personal. Um, and I just I was really I'm really interested in what your experience was both writing in 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 drawing that uh for you that that deeply personal experience in in putting that out there can you tell us about that yeah absolutely um so i had been asked people had mentioned to me like oh you know you're trans you do comics it seems like an obvious thing but i i kind of tried to shy away from that for a while like i didn't have any interest in doing a comic i felt like if i did this comic about being trans, it would very much be like, oh, that's your whole identity. And I feel like that's a pretty small part of my life. Um, like I'm, I'm more than just the trans girl. And I didn't, I felt like doing that would pigeon me whole as the trans artist. So I was really, even though people asked me about it for years, I was like, eh, we'll see. Um, but then obviously I'm doing that now. Um, I had a change of heart. I think what really happened, there was a couple things. Um, but one of them is a, a close friend of mine had a kid. She was the first one in a like friend group to have a kid and the kid identified as trans and having known me, you know, their parents had a lot, like she had an easier time with her kid. Cause she was like, Oh, all this stuff I see in the media, which at the time wasn't that nice. And, and like, it seemed to be like a doom, like, Oh, you, you have a trans kid. They're going to have a really terrible life. But she knew me and was like, Oh, you could be like Veronica and that's fine. You're going to be fine. And by helping this one kid, I felt like, Oh, getting my story out there at this point is probably helpful just to see an example of like, Oh, there's more people like this. Um, that, and then politics got kind of rough and I felt like maybe, (laughs) maybe it's a necessity to show more viewpoints. Uh, so I sat and I was like, okay, let me do this. But I set out for myself, uh, a few goals where I was, I kind of eye roll at transition stories because I felt like for a long time, any of the trans stuff, uh, when I was younger, I'd, gra- I'd like eat up any trans stuff I could. 
Um, but most of it was all about the transition. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I want to do a transition story. So I try to make it sort of universal. And it's more about, I mean, it has the specifics of transition, but it's also just about kind of finding yourself and like the joy of like, oh, I, I don't know who I am because I'm this kid and this world I don't feel, you know, fits me correctly, but I, I've learned who I am and I get closer and closer. And there's like a lot of joy to be had and contentment. And I think that's more universal. So I'm telling a trans story, but I'm also just trying to tell a story of like coming of age and finding out who you are in a world that maybe says that's not who you are. You shouldn't be. And that's that. And that that's the big goal, I guess. Well, that, that, that absolutely comes true, Veronica. I mean, I've, 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 I've read, you know, um, uh, the issues and it, it really does come through as a matter of fact. Um, you know, I was, ex I was reading it and experience it, but I believe those universal, uh, themes are right there. So, I mean, if that's part of your intent, I, I really think, um, you accomplish that. And I think you do it both through your words. I mean, you're talking about the experience of like finding yourself and being younger and finding yourself. So there's a universality to that. Um, but also the images, right? So we're talking about comics and, you mm -hmm. know, at your, at your, at your powers, at your, uh, artistic powers, you have both a uh, word in, in image. And I think the images, uh, really reinforce, um, what your intent was there. Um, and it, yeah. And within, within that, that's, that, that story, of course, you know, um, I think we can reasonably say that, you know, things are different now in, in a, in a, complicated way right because we have sure. reactionary politics but we yep. also have um identity and in, in this great wonderful human experience of like being able to create space to become yourself but that wasn't the world when you know when 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 you were going through that uh do you have any uh, did you have to take into account or when you were creating grind like a girl what was going on then now then yeah. and, and, and feeling what was going on now and how did that inform what you were trying to do? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I feel pretty recently, I feel like the politics around gender and trans stuff has really shifted. Um, and it's certainly way more talked about than it had been for most of my life. Um, something that always comes up to me is when I'm doing scenes that are very time specific and the characters are using language that isn't used anymore, um, but was very common when I was growing up. Um, there, there was transgender wasn't even a word yet. It was all transsexual or crossdresser or something like that. And right. I'm always really aware when I'm like how much I have to explain, like, remember, this is 1994 to the audience to not either offend them or just to really set it in a place. Um, but I also don't want it to feel stale. Again, why I try to, like, this was my personal issue and this is how I dealt with it. And these were my circumstances, um, even though they're not there now. I also, I know I live in Portland and before that was San Francisco and New York. So it's definitely kind of a bubble. And maybe some people, it still feels the way it felt to me in the 90s. I'm not sure. Yeah, and and I, I noticed that about some of the uh, some of the areas uh, that you've lived in, and you're recently to the Pacific Northwest and yeah. uh, in 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 Portland. What do you what are your impressions of uh, of of 
I mean, the Pacific Northwest in general, but uh, Portland uh, coming from, you know, some some different areas that you live, the other metropolitan areas. What's been uh, your impressions? Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It, it feels like home almost immediately. Um, and we were scared to move here. We didn't really know anybody. It was just sort of like we visited a few times. We were looking for a new place to go. And I, I love the weather. I love how there's like this liberal urban environment, but there's still nature. Like there's trees everywhere, even downtown. It's <laughs> like, so lovely. It's so lovely, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. And I love cozy, like fall sweater weather. And we get that for a lot of the year. <laughs> but then we still have our summers. I think it's really fabulous. I also always heard like the keep Portland weird thing. And I was like, oh, I guess it's really weird, quote unquote. But what I think as I've been here a couple years now, I feel like what it is is people have these like passions they're kind of interested in, but Portland, like people just go for it. Like if you're into board gaming, let's say, there's like a lot of board game stores and like you could find your culture. Or if you're into like soccer or, you know, vinyl, like whatever it is, I feel like everyone just like, these are my likes and I'm going to go for it. And I really appreciate that. I think it's neat to be around everyone. I'm kind of exploring their passion maybe. I I I I've, I felt that here too. As a matter of fact, the the most positive aspect. I mean, people. Let's take Portland. I mean, people talk a lot, you know, in in different ways uh, about Portland and have an opinion and locals and natives and uh, you know outsiders. But for me, the main piece, you know, I'm a 47 year old white man, you know, with and I come from, you know, just the, uh, you know, my perspective and my history and Portland's. Portland's like super comfortable and what I mean by that is Portland's super comfortable for me in a way as as a white man that I think and other people can have very different experiences of it right so it's it's a very complicated dynamic one of the pieces that I think is uh, very vibrant and universal is what you talked about is this creativity of this being yourself of this expressing yourself yeah. expressing your craft expressing your art and I felt and I always feel walking around Portland, I'm just going to say my experience and what's been good is yeah, please. I, I feel super comfortable around that. It feels like people are doing their thing and expressing themselves. And at least at this point in my life, that's an environment that's very healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And and I think it can be healthy, uh, healthy for, for artists. And um, and I'm glad I'm glad you're been able to connect with that and comic book culture right and in and, and film and all that oh stuff yeah it's, is, it's all is, huge here it's it's huge and in, in, in painters um and in in artists um so yeah i'm glad i'm glad you um i'm glad and and just in connection to that um it sounds like you connect to some of the natural aspects like the nature that's just readily around in the state of oregon um is that the case as well yeah, I mean, I'm I'm generally very much more of an urban person. Like, I like the city, but I, it feels good to be around these trees. And my wife really likes nature. <laughs> so she's always more interested in, like, moving further out. And I'm like, no, I need to stay by a city. I need bookstores and comics and coffee shops. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have it. We, like, we found an area where we're, like, 15 minutes from both. We could get, like, deep in the forest or I could be downtown at Powell's, like, and that's that's great. That's what I need. That's what I need to function as a as a family unit. I think. Yeah. Um. 
one of the one of the one of the questions um, I'm wondering. I, you know, I think I have some some aspects of the answer in my head for you, but um, I'm always very interested in artists uh, as far as there's this kind of compulsion to create things or to draw things or maybe process their experience. What do you know? Why you choose to create the things you can that you create, or what what compels you, or what drives you to create? Yeah. Uh, I feel like part of it, like I love stories. Like I'm, I'm huge reader of literature um, and movies and TV shows. Like I just love stories and I have, like I have them in me. I just want to tell stories. Um, and I think I've tried doing some writing here and there. I've done different things, but I think generally that's my favorite is comics. So that's the, the medium I picked to try to get better at. Um, but I really just like telling stories and I have different ideas. And a lot of it is just like me sucking in the world around me, whether that's my friends or culture. And I just kind of put it through my own lens and spit it back out on the page. I think it's just creating as like me. And sometimes it's science fiction or sometimes it's fantasy, but it's still really just my experience of the world and how I relate to it coming back out. So it's, it's regurgitating. I'm trying to think of a less gross word, but it's... no, I think that's used a lot in art. Okay. And I think it's totally fine. Is it? Is it? Is Portland changing? Uh, what you create? Oh, absolutely. Well, you said about feeling comfortable in the city, and like it just people that I don't think I would have done this comic if I didn't move to Portland. Okay. Wow. I never really spoke about being trans that much in public or to people around me. I think there's people in my life for years who didn't even know I was trans, and some that do. But I came here and I felt so comfortable in my own skin that it was like, oh, I'm who I am and I can tell this story. And I found, like I said, that need for it. And I'm like, okay, I feel so not, you know, judged or that I have to be so aware of offending or who I am. I can just be me and all my likes and dislikes. And that helped inform all my art. But definitely it gave me the freedom to create Grind Like a Girl. Yeah, I... I uh... I've zeroed in at times with some questions, um, both for myself and in doing the podcast, and I've become a bit more interested in the the impact of locations. And I think Portland is going to have an impact, uh, you know, on on how you create. Or, and I actually think it's it's an accelerant, in my opinion. As, yeah, I as think far so as, too. Yeah, as as far as uh, what you can do, or the or the comfort in feeling that you're expressing yourself um, in an artistic way, and um, so I, I mentioned a lot about um, a lot about you know art and things that we see as art. Um, uh, a question I like to ask artists like yourself is, what do you what do you view as being art? What what is art in in your opinion? My favorite answer, I've heard this question, I think about it a lot, and my favorite answer is one that Kurt Vonnegut gives, um, and he always said when people ask him, what is art? He says the mission, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it's close to this, he says the mission of artists is to make people appreciate being alive at least a little bit, and I think that's really cool. <laughs> I, I was going to stop you as soon as you start Kurt Vonnegut, Ring a Bell, something like that. That is, I love Vonnegut, um, and oh, uh, what a what a lovely. You know what? And after you mentioned that, you know that that paraphrase that quote. Um, yeah, that that that's Vonnegut right there. But boy, boy, does that capture? That really does capture. Uh, it feels like it captures it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so, and I, I try to keep that in mind too. Like 
always entertain your audience. You're using a stranger's time. That's something else he says when you're making art. You're using a stranger's time. Use it wisely or or something like that. That'll feel like their time is used well. Um, and, you I've know, always, make- yeah, I've always felt that, um, I don't know, as, as a comic book lover, and maybe you share this if you're familiar with Breakfast of Champions, uh, Vonnegut's book was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where... <laughs> You know, here's this 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 great novelist, short story writer, and then he he, he dares to start drawing, and the results are uh, right. just just as fantastical as we would want them <laughs> to be. Um, I think one of the reviews for the book was, you know, yeah, this is Vonnegut, and guess what? He draws, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was probably enough. Uh, to to sell the book, I'm um, going back to to Portland and impact on you know creating uh, things. Do you, do you find that um, being around the art uh, that you see in in Portland, do you, do you feel that it's an infectious atmosphere both for you but also people that are around you? Have you noticed changes in that way? I think so. Something I didn't even realize that before I got here is that there's a huge comic book community here. Like he, like a lot of the publishers are here now. Yeah. Um, there's people all over. There's All the used bookstores are full of comics. And that wasn't something that informed me before I got here. Um, but most of my life, a lot of my inspiration came to from my friends, my peers who I'd sit around and draw with. And I think I lost that for a couple years, probably a good chunk of time, especially when I was a stay-at-home mom for a few years. Um, and I came here and I found pretty immediately this thriving comics community and I see all these people making art and it's just fun. Like just getting back to hanging out in coffee shops and drawing art and talking about art. And I think everybody inspires each other. And if you're sort of feeling like, oh, I'm not really feeling it, but you know, your friends, you're seeing them create or they're talking about creating and gets you like, kind of like, yeah, let me just get back to it. Let's let's all do this, and we're having a good time, and that's what it should be. It should be, like, an enjoyable process. Some of it won't be, of course, but it, it's really inspiring, and I think it affects everybody here. I, I like to think that's part of why there's so much creation going on. Yeah, and I, I you know, as far as the, the community, I think you're pointing to, and I've always, uh, I'm interested, you know, I work in a collective movement, I work for a labor union, and I've always viewed when, you know, individual activity, of course, being you know, fascinating and, and vital, you know, what individuals create, but also the environment which creates, you know, whether it's, you know, good working conditions, whether it's, you know, good artistic, you know, creation conditions, um, I really connect with, um, you know, uh, and, and am interested in how artists, you know, whether the, the environment that they're in is, 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 is helping them and is helping foster that. And I, I, I get excited when I see others, um, that are around that. And I saw, I saw that within what you were doing. And of course you affirming that, you know, what you create, you know, might, might have come out of a move, might have come out of, um, arriving, um, yeah. In, in 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 an environment um in and, and so uh one one of the things that um uh, i ask artists is as well and i think your your story about doing grind like like a girl and um its connection to you know um um helping others right and and that uh compelling you um did did you feel any sort of um a duty as an artist uh, to do that at a certain point? Was that the threshold that, that, you know, that you got to that, 
you had this ability. You you're not obligated, but I mean, did right. you feel? Did you feel? I guess did you feel obligated or or compelled? No, I, I kind of did, in in not a bad way. In a way, like oh, I didn't have this many examples when I was younger, and I'm in a great place now. You know, I have I have a great kid. I have a happy marriage. Like life is awesome, and I know younger me didn't know that was going to work out. And I'm sure there's more. So I felt an obligation like, oh, if I have this art, originally, like I said, I wasn't ever going to do a transition story. My whole plan was just to like do regular, you know, normal stories or whatever, and just make sure there's, you know, inclusive diversity in the cast, like different LGBT characters and trans characters. Um, but then I, I did feel a duty. Like if I could help other people, I had helped that one kid. And I was like, there's, there's got to be more people. So why don't I do this? Um, and it's weird. It's scary. Sometimes it's a scary story. Sometimes there's some weird pushback and it's hard opening up. I had actually started it uh, a few years earlier. Um, and then I had my son and I was like, this is too private to share with the world. Um, and also kind of like as a, as a, as a mom, not wanting like, Oh, maybe my son isn't going to want my life story out there. Um, but then I know I do, I felt obligated. Like I could help people and, you know, it's going back to the Vonnegut thing, like, you know, make art a little bit better or appreciate people being alive a little bit. So if I could do that, that's pretty great. Yeah. And, and it's 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 very powerful. And thanks for describing, you know, your your connection to it and your experience uh, of it. I mean, that's it's part of what what I think is fascinating uh, about, you know, some of the basic questions, you know, the, about uh, what artists are doing and and, and, and why are you creating and what compels you to do it? Like, why? And as part of the thing is within this podcast of creating something from from nothing, we have that big question that is the big yeah. question of the show is why do you think there is something rather than nothing? I think that everyone is looking to see themselves represented somewhere else. Like everyone's looking for themselves. Um, and I think people create. When there's always that thing where if there's a book you want to read and it doesn't exist, write it. And I feel the same way with comics or music. So I feel like I'm looking for myself and I don't find it. So I'm going to create something. So we're all creating something to show we exist and to help others like us. I think that that's the to be seen, I think, would be my my thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, and uh, gosh, that's an intriguing answer. Um I know, uh, you know, one of the things that that I've started to think about in in doing this sh- in in doing this show is that, you know, artists, of course, as you create over time, you end up creating different uh, type of things that are part, um, you know, that are part of your history. And mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I I really feel fortunate to be able to chat with you and you know and and learn about um, you know what with your recent recent creation and 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 um, kind of follow that development both in changing, uh, you know, geography and being around. Uh, uh, an environment that really cultivates um, your art. So that really lends uh, to kind of like the open-ended uh, piece uh, for me is uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you do, what you are and where you go with it. Can, can you share with the listeners um, to, you know, whatever comfort level as far as what you're working on, how they can connect with um, the art that you create. And I know you do commissions. Can you, can you kind of connect sure. the audience to, you know, to you in in that way? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the best way to find my work and where I'm most active is is Instagram. Um, I post there. I try to do a comic page every week. And then in between, I'll post a couple other things. And my Instagram is salt and fog. Um, and that that's it. I mean, I also have a website, which is veronicacasson.com and all that stuff. Um, but really, people, if they're interested, like, check out my Instagram, direct message me, tell me what you're interested. I do some commissions. Um, coming up really soon, I'm going to do Inktober, which have you heard of Inktober, Ken? I've no. heard of Inktober. Can you tell me a little bit more about it and the listeners as well? Sure. Absolutely. It's, it was a challenge started by, I think, Jake Parker. And it's to, there's a list of official prompts. Um, and it's every day in October where you're supposed to be inspired to draw with pen and paper or some kind of ink and all work on a similar prompt. Um, so it starts on October 1st and it's, it always starts out really easy and inspired. And then by like halfway through, everyone's like, Whoa, there's still 15 drawings left. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sharing these with everybody. Um, so this year, this is my third year in a row. I'm going to really buckle down and do Inktober. And, and for that one, I'm actually working on concept art for my project after Grind Like a Girl, which is probably a few years away. Uh, but it's fun to think about another story and hopefully that'll even help kind of refresh my feelings on Grind Like a Girl because I've been working on it for two or three years and then to kind of think about something else and come back to it. So I'll be posting those on Instagram um, and then I'll have a gallery show of all my Inktober stuff at the Sequential Art Gallery in Portland sometime in November. Wonderful. Yeah, that, that that's fantastic. And thanks for the reminder about uh, Inktober. And it's actually, uh, you know, perfect, perfect timing uh, because uh, this episode will pop up right at the uh, beginning of October. And it'll be great to follow um, you doing that. And I think part of it, I'm, I'm sure, you know, from for me on the outside, Mark, not participating, but but viewing that's a little bit easier. And if there's any way that uh, I and, and listeners and others can help <laughs> prop the artists up as they <laughs> produce yeah. all the way through October, um, it'd be a, a, a great activity to to help support um, yeah, your art. Yeah, everybody and, on. And, everyone, and, everyone is doing other... it, like, especially halfway. Be like, oh, keep going. <laughs> there, there's a lot of great stuff seen, but it. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of work. work. Um, and uh, and 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 Veronica Casson here on something rather than nothing. It's been um, a great pleasure to to chat with you, and I actually very much look forward to you know a bunch of the things you just mentioned that we can look forward uh, to you and in, in in your art. And again, on Instagram, you can find Veronica at Salt. And Fog, uh, which is a great uh, Instagram page, I, I follow it, and uh, just just a lovely art um, to enjoy. I wanted to thank you so much, Veronica, for your time, and uh, just uh, really um, in in doing this podcast, being able to listen to and connect to your process, um, you know the the things that you're doing. It's it's really been a great pleasure uh, to chat with you. And um, I really wanted to thank you for your time and and all the art that you produce. Thank you so much, Ken. This was great. I love your podcast. This has been really fun to talk to you and to be part of it. Great. Thank you so much, Veronica. And we look forward to uh, uh, Inktober, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You take care. Thank you so much. You are listening to 
something rather than nothing.